How's it going, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice. Welcome in. It's your host, Chad Minton, with co-host Rich Howe. We're on the struggle bus. We're on the struggle bus, man. Well, I actually think... Oh, I think in episode 207, we like oh. super jinxed this team because we were just singing their praises. Wait a minute. Time out. Time out. <laughs> we're literally not even a minute into this podcast, and I'm calling time out on my saying. esteemed and very good friend and co-host, Rich Howe. Um, <clears throat> we did not jinx this team. We were very cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was episode two hundred seven? We talked about um, it was the Flames game, wasn't it? Oh, we talked about how good Ryan O'Reilly was doing and Philip Forsberg, and they are doing good. They're doing good. Yeah. We well, we weren't wrong we there. Soros. We talked about Soros a little bit. Um. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna call this the Crapper episode, and we're gonna say Crapper because we're a family friendly podcast. In the Crapper. We're in the crapper. Um, Andrew, head coach Andrew Burnett called it in the mud, which I so really we'll appreciate it. that analogy because I use it all the time, not even when it's related to hockey. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. I love that analogy just for life in general. You're stuck, stuck in, in the mud. mud. You're in the mud. That's what he said to this about this team right now. So yep. we have to unpack all this. We have to figure out, how are the Predators going to dig themselves out of the mud? We're 15 games in, so um, I don't know. Do the math real quick, Rich. How Percentage-wise, we're like, what? Like not even a quarter away through the season. No, not even a quarter. We're getting close, but I, I went back and looked real quick. Uh, so at this point last year, when everyone's favorite head coach, John Hines, was still running this team, the this word. team was six, eight, and one. Six, eight, and one, 13 points. So not much better, but a tad bit better than this current Predators team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and if you look at it, maybe less talent last year. I think less there's talent more talent last year. Well, maybe I don't know. You know, that's hard to that's hard to answer is. because we it see is. Matt Duchesne playing with a chip on his shoulder for Dallas and just going to haunt right. everybody till the end of yeah. days. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's um, the 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 will is there and the works there. It's just something's they're just stuck in the mud, like he said. In the crowd, I mean, I think that was a good analogy. I do. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. So, the opening face off tonight is going to be all about for me, UC Soros, because in the past, whenever the Predators showed a lot of the issues we're seeing right now, mm-hmm. UC Soros was there to neutralize all that, he was there to erase it all. Put the yep. band-aid over the wound, so to speak. And all we would focus on after the game was the Predators got to win. Yeah. The Predators won, so we're not going to focus on all the bad things that happened throughout that game. <laughs> all the yeah. defensive lapses, all the breakdowns, 
all the uh, taking the second period off, if you will. We won't focus on any of that because UC Soros rallied to make 30 to 40 saves. He stopped one, two, three, four, one-on-one breakaway chances, and the Predators still won. That was kind of the overall theme of the John Hines era was Soros barrels him out again. He went, guess what? We're we're going to talk about this. We're going to have this whole opening face-off segment coming up here is going to be UC Soros is not bailing out this team right now Mm-mm. for a lot of reasons, but we're going to, we're going to unpack that more and more, but man, Rich, he's not doing it. He's not doing it right he's now. Not, he's not. And it's, um, we, we've talked about it before. Um, he, he usually gets off to a slow start in the season, but it's, we're 15 games in and I think it would be, over by now, he should have, uh, you know, caught up to where he needs to be. But we've only seen Lincoln in twice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's, we're, we're, something's wrong. Something's not right. That's yes. for sure. So we're gonna. That's gonna be our opening face-off segment. Take us into deep into te- episode two hundred eight here tonight. Brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Also going to touch on the devastating news on the injury front here. We're already dealing with Ryan McDonough, who has been lingering. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been skating, but he's not been back. This is the thing about hockey injuries, and it's so so annoying because the other sports don't do this. But when a hockey injury happens, you never know the timetable no. of when that no. player is going to be back. I mean, Ryan McDonough has been out for, what, four or five games now? Oh, yeah. By my count, it's, it's at least four games. Mm-hmm. And he's had setbacks. There's not a lot of news out there. He was skating with the team for a little bit before practice or before games, but he didn't get to go this last game against Anaheim. And I'm telling you right now, this team is desperately missing Ryan McDonough. Oh, yeah. They are definitely mm-hmm. missing him. Um, Want to touch on that real quick, Rich? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's. It's evident that that they're missing him. Um, you're just missing that net front protection. Uh, they're just missing all sorts of things. But you know, uh, missing a leader like him—that's that's huge. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we don't even know what's wrong with him. It must be something pretty not good because he keeps having setbacks. So um, we need him back. Yeah. Absolutely. And you go, you know, when you're going into the season, you look at the Predators' defensive alignment, and you're seeing, although I never really liked it to begin with, but you're seeing Luke Shen, you're seeing mm-hmm. Ryan McDonough, you're seeing Tyson Berry, and you're seeing Roman Yossi, and you're seeing four proven veterans in your <laughs> defensive alignment. And then you were trying to figure out where is Alexander Carrier going to go, where is Dante Fabro going to go, and such. And nothing has gone according to script. Yeah, and Fabro Fabro is like a bright spot, which that's oh, yeah. that's you know a lot of people don't wouldn't expect people to say that, but Luke Shen yeah. hurt in the first game, first or, first game I think, mm-hmm. first or second yeah, game, yeah, first game, yeah, and out the yeah, whole time, game. yeah, I mean. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever understand that one. I mean, you can't no. you can't plan for an injury, but I mean, he Luke Shen is going down the 
Drum roll, please. Luca Spiza Highway. One game. <laughs> one game. Didn't Luca Spiza play one one game for the Preds? The one he played in, I'm I'm fairly certain was he got hurt in the first. So we will have to wait and see if if Luke Shen. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. That is very close to Luca. Luke and Luca. Luca Shin. <laughs> mm. Way too close. Luke Spezishin. <laughs> the universe is playing tricks on us right now, man. All right. Anyway, cool. we'll see if we ever see Luke Shen back in a Preds uniform. But be that as it may, we got to get Ryan McDonough back very, very quick. Uh, we are missing him bad. The uh, penalty kill is an absolute atrocity. I know that the Ducks went 0 for 3 on the power play, but don't let the box score fool you every time. If you actually watch the game, the Ducks were they're actually their own worst enemies on their power plays mm-hmm. against the Preds. They were they were missing passes. There were moments where they had open shots and the puck skipped on their stick. Yeah, the Preds penalty kill is a mess right now. It's a disaster. I'm not going to go off one game where the other team didn't score a power play goal to change my mind on that. So that's not necessarily on Soros, but Soros is also not making the critical elite saves that we've expected him to make. So we're going to get into that. But let's talk about Tommy Novak. That's kind of where I'm getting at here. Four to six weeks is the prognosis. Yeah, um, he's your third in points on the team. Who's going to step up in that role? I don't know. I mean, we. Uh, we I didn't even I, see what happened to him. I didn't even see what happened to him. So I don't. We even really know. don't know. Yeah. Nikki jumps in here and says, "Hey, y'all. Y'all, what's up, Nikki? Nikki is uh got some good things going for her though. She's a big Stars fan, and that team keeps cooking." She likes Duchesne. Yep. Uh, Prediction jumps in here and says, I can't m- remember the last time I made it here before the show started. <laughs> what is a little early? He's in here early. <laughs> and now he's in here live in the house. There he is. What's up, Johnny? We normally don't record this early. No, so if you're watching on YouTube right now, we are uh, normally we're the late night, light, late night show. Yep. But tonight good. we're going early. We're going in prime time. Well, good opportunity to join everybody tonight earlier see some new people so yeah we're going to talk about the tommy novak injury more in depth and what that means for the lineup we're going to look around the nhl and see some other things that are going on right now and really talk about the upcoming homestand and the teams they're up against and really send a question out to our listeners but also answer it ourselves is this homestand that's remaining is that really the make or break point of where this season goes? Hmm. So that's where we'll go with that. We also got Justin in here. Justin Gambino on YouTube says hello. So you got some people in here. So with that said, we're also going to do explain yourself is back that everyone's favorite segment. <laughs> explain yourself. Done. I got to explain uh, two tweets that I sent out yesterday. And I have one. Um, I will explain those. And then Rich has got to look up some of his as well. So we'll save that later in the episode. Explain yourself. We've done that before. A segment where we have to explain ourselves and our tweets on social media. 
everyone should have to have accountability for the tweets they put out there. Yep. The world would be a better place. You can't just hide behind them. You can't just no. sit them out and hide behind them, man. You got sometimes you got to answer can't. the bell. Yes. Justin, to get us started here, Justin gets on here and says, "Yes, this is the season, but every game has been fun. To be honest, it is fun. Uh, I think fun they're fun to watch. But man, they are. It's not. When, it's not a boring style of hockey. I'll give you that. Yeah, when things are clicking, it's really, really fun. But man, it goes south pretty quick. So, so here's our opening cool. face-off tonight. It is. You see it at the bottom of the screen. Is it time to really worry?" about UC Soros. This is not something we talk about hardly ever. No. Usually hardly. in the beginning of the season mm. for, for for an episode or two, but <laughs> it usually pans out, uh, smooths itself out uh, by then. So, Well, I can say that this is way worse, in my opinion, than just a bad start. And uh, let me just start with this. Agree. Soros is got 13 starts now on the season. Mm -hmm. 13 of the 15 games the Predators have played. Soros has been the starter. So we're already trending in the same heavy workload that he was under with John Hines in charge. We, we questioned that going into the season. Mm -hmm. Me and you both did on yeah. this podcast. We questioned how much different will Andrew Burnett treat Soros's workload compared to Hines? And so far, no difference. Same. Absolutely the same. <clears throat> Absolutely. Now, Why do you have Lankinen? No one, no one can answer exactly what is causing Soros's bad numbers right now. I think there's a lot of contributing factors. You can't just pinpoint one reason. But unless you're just completely biased and a uh, Soros lover and you just never say anything bad about him, you have to be honest with yourself here. Soros is not seeing the puck well right now. He doesn't look comfortable. There's a lot of pucks he's letting get by him that he normally stops. Mm -hmm. And we, we can touch on other things as well. I don't, I don't think it's all on Soros. I'm not saying that. But... He is not up to his normal self right now, and that is a fact. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's all on him, but I have found myself, you know, watching the games and going, "Ugh, that's probably a goal that he's going to want back," um, a lot more than I ever have in the past. Um, there have been some that you know it's not his fault, and he can't stop them. The deflections, whatever, some breakaway stuff going on, but. Um, there's there's been several that I've questioned. Like normally he would stop the puck and has well, not. Well, it's not even, and for me, it's not even the 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 goals that he's letting get by him. Yeah, there there's times where you can look at it and say, "All right, yeah, that's mm -hmm. not his fault necessarily." But if 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 we want to consider Soros as one of the elite goaltenders in this league. Right now, just me personally, and people can chime in in the comments and, and tell us how they feel about it. But me personally, my confidence in Soros making the high danger saves right now is the lowest I can remember it ever being. For me, I'm not trying to be over dramatic here. That's just how I feel. 
Um, no, I, I, I agree. With that. I really, really like get nervous whenever Soros has to make the high danger saves right now, and flip that to the other side. In the last two games, the last two crushing losses against the Coyotes and the Ducks, where the Predators in both games surrendered two goal leads. Mm-hmm. Mind you, um, in leads. both of those games. I did not have a ton of confidence in Soros stepping up and making the really critical saves when he had to. Mm-mm. And you can't just – sometimes the defense is going to break down. That's hockey. It happens to every mm-hmm. team. There's going to be times where the other team breaks loose and you need your goaltender to step up and make a save. Yep. He's not doing that right now. He's mm-hmm. making some saves here and there. I'm not saying he's not – He's just a complete, like, awful abomination. No, he. I actually put it out there on social media when the when at the beginning of the Anaheim Ducks game, Soros was actually he didn't face a lot of shots in this game, but he did make some really tough saves to to uh, keep the Ducks off the board early in the game. But there's too many times where you're seeing pucks that Soros has to make the save. Yeah, absolutely. And you see it in the numbers right now. You see it in the numbers. Yep. And if you're letting someone like Radko Gudis score on you, you have some serious issues that need to be addressed. <laughs> well, and, and that goal right there, let's just talk about that. That goal right there was was a team breakdown. Soros could have made the save. But that was that started way down the ice, and that's something else I've been touching on here that's not on Soros. I don't want to make this whole segment out to be that I'm beating down on right. Soros, and it's all on him. So let me flip it around here. You're seeing this in Andrew Burnett's flashy, offensive, push-the-pace style that does make it more entertaining for the fan. This team is susceptible to counterattacks. Very Especially much. when you're facing young run-and-gun teams like this team has faced the last two times. So both the Coyotes and the Ducks are very young, feisty, speedy teams that with, have young with, talent. With chips on their shoulders because they had bad and last what, seasons. <laughs> and what did you see the last two games? The Predators got too comfortable. They jumped out to early leads, and they got comfortable – for whatever reason, they flipped the switch and they said, We're in cruise control right now. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't, I can't answer that. Only Andrew Burnett can answer that. And he, I think that's what he is seeing here as well when he saw his press conference uh, comments. And that's yeah. what he says. He says, The team is in the mud. What do you make yeah. of that, Rich? The team is in the mud. They are in the mud. It's like they can't get any traction to pull themselves out of the hole they're in. That's the definition of being stuck in the mud. But um, he said uh, about the last game, he said, just when you thought nothing could get worse, you couldn't feel any worse because of last Saturday. And here we are uh, in the same exact spot. Um, Yeah, man, they're just, you see a lot of breakdowns, um, missed assignments, leaving people open. Um, it's just something, you know, it's just not clicking right now. They, 
they they play well together. They're doing, you know, they look they're fun to watch again. But man, when it goes bad, it just it just they're they're horrible for some reason. Well, here's a here's a big difference too between last night's game. Since we're this whole opening face off here of episode two hundred eight of Catfish and Ice is focusing on UC, UC Soros, is it time to really worry about Soros? And so here's the thing: in the last two games, for sure, UC Soros has lost the head-to-head goaltending battle. Yes. He went up against Connor Ingram, a former National Predator who all Preds fans love. It was weird hearing the You Suck chant yeah, against Connor Ingram. Weird. Yeah. It wasn't as loud as it usually is, though. Yeah. But it's like, has enough time passed? I don't think so. But I it's a like chant, it. and they're, not, they're always going to stick to it. But here's For the thing. Sure. In both of those games – Especially the shootout style track meet game mm-hmm. against uh, against the Coyotes. Both goalies got roasted and gave up some goals. Absolutely. But here's the difference: in both games, guess who? Guess which goalie came out in the clutch situations and made the saves when they had to? It wasn't UC Soros. It was Connor no. Ingram and it was John Gibson last night for the Ducks. Yep. Yep. And John Gibson even took a puck right to the face too, and didn't phase. Had to change goalie mask. Yeah, man, it, that was rough. He was phased. It was crazy just seeing that. Uh, saw uh, uh, Forsberg the big shot right to the face mask. But um, Soros was hunting for that wrister yeah, all night, and he just could not beat John Gibson. Could not no, beat John Gibson. No. Yep, it was. Um, it was watching the Coyotes game. It was it was good because you know there was a lot of scoring back and forth, but you know you give up those leads, man, and it's just like once they give up a lead and they tie it, my my hopes kind of sink because I'm like I don't have the confidence that they can pull themselves out of this, and they they don't. I mean, and that's what's happened. Um, you know, like the the game against Anaheim, they were. Um, they had a hard time getting possession of the puck so that they could pull Soros. And then by the time yeah. they did, there was like a minute left, maybe, I guess. And, they, maybe, and yeah. then like at that point, like, you know, if you can't get anything going the whole game, you're definitely not going to get things together with a minute left. And that's what happened. They just couldn't well, here's get the thing going. about this. So we better get used to this because here's the thing is it's, um, it's a give and take with Andrew Burnett's system here. Mm-hmm. You have to have the elite playmakers on your team to make an Andrew Burnett system work. Yep. You have to, your passing has to be literally near perfect, about as near perfect as you can get. No yep. one's ever going to be perfect, but you have to be damn close, Absolutely. perfect as you can get. And when your passes are off, and we're seeing it, I've been watching it closely over the last three mm-hmm. or four games. And what's happening is the Predators are trying to use a lot of really fine-tuned pinpoint passing right now. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. When it doesn't work, especially these speedy teams, which is the teams we faced the last two games against Arizona and and against Anaheim, those teams are going to jump on you. And we're even seeing it on the power play. When mm-hmm. the Predators are on the power play, we're seeing aggressive penalty kills. 
where teams are willing on their penalty kill, a man down, they're yep. willing to rush the puck back up and Soros has to make another clutch save. Yeah. So it's not all on Soros. I'm not saying that. No, no, it's not. I mean, that's tough for any, any goaltender, but it seems like the first few games of the season, the passing was like really good. Like you could tell that they had worked on it and it just seems like it's like devolved in the past, you know, well, however long the, the losing streak is four games or whatever. It's just the passing's not there like it was. It, it felt like it's gotten worse. So, well, you'll see it. You'll see. I've seen it with Ryan O'Reilly. I've seen it with the veterans where they try to set up these really perfect passes and it's all about timing. And the guy's not there. The, the, it, their timing's off by maybe just a half a second. That's all it takes. That's how yeah. fast hockey is. All it takes is a half a second being off. And guess what? The puck's back up the ice, and you've got a two-on-one situation. And guess what? UC Soros has to make a save. And in the past, Soros would make those saves, but right now Soros is not making those saves. No. So if you ask me, there's two things, and I'm not saying I'm smarter than an NHL head coach. I'm just giving (laughs) you my opinion because that's what we do on this podcast. All about opinions. You can totally disagree with me in the comments. I welcome them. But here's my thing. One, you got to get Kevin Lankinen in there. Yep. You re-signed him for a reason in the offseason. I don't know. I would have started him. I'm not saying he would have been the magical difference maker and the Predators would have beat the Ducks. I don't have no way of knowing that. No. I'm just telling you, hypothetically speaking, I would have started Kevin Lankinen. I said it before the game started. I would have started Kevin Lankin in. I think UC Soros needs at least two games off. Two games off. I'm being yeah. dead serious. Two games off. And that would have been a perfect opportunity to put Lankin in. He starts against the Ducks at home. Then you play Chicago after that. And then you see what Lankin in does in those two games. Whether he plays good or not, you let him start. Mm-hmm. See if he gives you a spark. And then you put Soros back in eventually. But you, I just think that goalies are a lot like pitchers in baseball. Yeah. And I just don't think that Soros is seeing the puck well. I think he is rattled. And yeah, I mean, he needs a reset. Yeah. And <clears throat> the whole thing also, it's like, how well can you expect Lankinen to perform when he doesn't get to start hardly ever? And I know like that's the the role of the backup goaltender is you need to be ready to go, but like he's only played in two games. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, it, it seems like, you know, the, the longer he sits, you can't expect him to, to pull out miracles if he's not getting any, well, you know, he starts, I my, guess. Conf- my confusion on the whole thing is the Predators are hiding Kevin Lincoln in like he is a um, yeah, like he's not a proven NHL goaltender. Yeah, I yeah. would understand you know it if the Predator. Yeah, I would understand it if the Predators were in a situation where their backup goalie was unproven, untested, never played a game or played very minimal games. I would get it. I would say, okay, we got. We, we mm-hmm. can't play this guy very often because we don't know what we're going to get. We know what we're going to get out of Kevin Lincoln, and for the most part, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's better yeah. than Soros. 
All I'm saying is we know he is probably yep. – he's definitely top 10 backup goalies in the league. He might even be top five. He's that good. Yeah. Why, why does he have only two starts in the first 15 games? Yeah. yeah why did you go resign him? Yeah, you could have just brought up Askarov. If if, if I had if I was in the position to ask Barry Trotz questions, and I'm not, but if I was in the position, that'd be the first question I would ask Barry Trotz was, what was the thinking behind re-signing Kevin Lankinen, mm-hmm. and then he only has two starts through the f- first 15 games? I would love to ask that question to Barry Trotz and get yeah. his answer, and he yeah. might give me an answer that makes sense. And and then I'd I'd walk away and be like, okay, that makes sense. But I would love to know. And he probably any and, and there probably is a reason, and we just don't know what it is. And it probably does make sense to mm-hmm. to them in their mind. But like, it's just it, it's just not working. It's just not working. Did you see when uh, they tied the game the other night? They showed Barry Trotz up in the box, and he yes. was just like pacing oh. back and forth. He was like. What is happening? So I gotta, I gotta give the ESPN Plus. It was, it was being broadcast exclusively on ESPN yep. Plus and on Hulu. It was one of those exclusive games. Um, I gotta give. First of all, I love Kevin Weeks. He's one of too. my favorite. Yeah, I do too. I love the way I love his expertise. I love the way he breaks down plays. Yep. That's that's not to take anything away from our local broadcasters and and all of that, but. I love Kevin Weeks, but that was perfect timing by the ESPN Plus broadcast crew <laughs> to pan up to Barry Trotz right after that goal. Yep, yep. You got a really raw and inside look at the, the, Barry Trotz. The being frustration. Completely, he felt just like we did. I was doing the same thing oh, yeah. Barry Trotz was doing yeah, me in too. my living room. Yep, yep. Absolutely. I wonder if he did something like like worse, like he threw a water bottle or something, and then they like moved the camera up to see <laughs> to see what was going on. Let's say hi to Lindsay. Lindsay says this is just what I need after a hard day at work. Hi, friends. Hello, Lindsay. Thank you for joining us. So yeah, um, continuing on here with this uh, opening face off. We're we're really talking about how worried should we be about UC Soros. Um, I don't know what's going to happen from here on out. Will Kevin Lankinen get his third start of the year um, against Chicago? They got. We'll have to wait and they, see. They've got to. They've got to get let him play this game. I just don't see any way around it. Personally, um, just let him have it. Let but him, if you let, let, let this spiral, well, here's the thing. If you let this spiral out of control too much, then it starts to look like, especially from the national perspective, then it will start looking like, oh, the Predators are abandoning Soros and they've turned to Lincoln. In. Right. And that's not what I'm trying to say right no, now. No, no, absolutely not. No. I'm trying to say it's a long season. More and more coaches in this league are starting to adopt the one-two punch approach. Just look at the Boston Bruins with Olmark and Swayman. Yep. They look at Yeah, absolutely. Look at the, <laughs> look at another great team, the team who's the defending Stanley Cup champions. They go with Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Yep. Both why good. why can't the Predators at least entertain giving Lankin in more starts? Yep. I don't get it, it. I don't get it. it. 
and it doesn't have to be like every other night um, or even every other, every two nights and then, a, and then a game, but just more, more give Saros a rest. But well, let's, let's Lincoln say that, some. let's say that Lincoln starts against Chicago. And I was already thinking about this when, if he would, would have gotten the start against, uh, against Anaheim. But let's say that, Lankinen finally does get a start, his third start, and he plays against Chicago. He puts out a really great game. Preds get the win. Lankinen's a big reason why. Rich, I'm asking you this right now, and I'll give you my answer on the forefront. If Lankinen has a big game and the Predators win, thanks to him in large part, like he has a good game, he makes a lot of good saves, um, and the Predators win, and they get back on that winning track, I'm starting, I'm starting Lankinen the next game. That's me. I am. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, if you have a hot goaltender, man, you need to ride them as long as you can. And you have, yeah. And you yeah. have to realize too, that eventually, especially going into next season, Soros is going to become trade uh, a trade opportunity, especially if you believe in Iroslav Askarov, who is looking pretty good. Last time I checked in Milwaukee, Eventually, you're going to have to choose between one of those two goalies. Eventually, you are. Yeah. Um, and then you have Lankinen in your back pocket, who could be a gem in the making as well, If, if yeah. for all you know. You never know. So, you have three goalies that you have to sort out right now. Yeah. And you're really only using one of them because, obviously, you want Iskarov to get more experience in, the, in Milwaukee. But – you're going to have to sort this out eventually. Why not get Lincoln in more starts while you can and see what he brings you? I don't, yeah. I don't understand why they're hiding him so much. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it either. And the, the trade stuff's already started happening. Um, there was talk of Edmonton. Obviously, he's looking for a goaltender. And Saros' name was brought up. Uh, Askarov's name brought up. Both Saros and Askarov. Yep. Yep. So now the the news has it that the, the Oilers have nothing to really offer Nashville right. for Nashville to ever entertain it right now, and I agree with that. I think Nashville can be very patient with their approach on the trade market when it comes to their goalies. That yeah. is their ace right now. It is their ace. Their sure. ace in the hole right now. The Predators <clears throat> and the front office and Barry Trotz. Their ace in the hole right now is the fact. That they've got some goalies that they can trade. Yep. And they, and they will get a haul. <laughs> rest assured, they're going to trade one of these three goalies at the deadline. They're yep. going to trade one of the three. Mm -hmm. Oh, at I, this I, point, I, I At this point, I am very, very confident in that. One of the three, Soros, Lankinen, Eskarov, you're going to trade one of those three at the 2024 deadline. I'm very strong about that. Stamp it right now. It's what, how many we're like four yeah. months away from that. Yeah. But you know, once the, the deadline passes and once the deadline passes, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong about that, I will gladly say I was wrong. I'm very, very confident. One of those three are getting yeah. traded by Nashville front office. And, and as we get closer to the trade deadline, depending on how they perform, you're going to roll up the, the roster chart to the bigger names or it will be on the trading block. I would assume. 
so that you yeah. can get a big haul back. Like if if they're if they're playing horrible and it's trade deadline, you know they're going to be entertaining any anybody asking for, about Soros. Anybody who has a a big haul of prospects and picks and stuff, you guarantee they're going to be talking to whoever has that if they're looking for to move Soros for sure. Yep. So to wrap up this opening face-off segment of episode 28, thank you for everyone for joining us on live on YouTube, Facebook, and X. Hit subscribe, hit the follow button, we or hit the like button. We appreciate that a lot to watch these live episodes. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, and all the podcast platforms, thank you so much for that as well. Leave a comment, leave us a rating. That helps out a ton as well. All right, real quick to wrap up this opening face-off here of episode 208, talking about Soros. Is it time to worry about the franchise goaltender? I mean, let's just talk about recency bias here. Um, the Ducks game, the Ducks nightmare, if you will. Um, John Gibson outplayed Soros. So if you look at the expected goals against, John Gibson faced more, more shots than Soros and finished with a 1.6 goal saved above expected. So he saved almost an extra two goals on the Predators, who were way more aggressive. Let's look at Soros. Soros was a negative (sighs) 1.1 goal saved above expected. Hmm. I trust this stat very, very, very... This is the biggest goalie stat that I trust over anything else. Because it rates everything. It yeah. weighs everything mm-hmm. surrounding the goaltender and the shots they face, the things they went up against. Saros led this category last season in the entire NHL. Guess where Saros is ranked right now. And it's actually scrolling on the bottom of the screen, or it was. Saros is Pretty 73rd. Low. 73rd. 73rd among NHL goalies in goals oh. saved above expected. At a minus minus seven point three. That hurts. Oh, that hurts to hear. There it is on the bottom of the screen for our YouTube viewers, Facebook viewers, and X viewers. Here's another one. I found this one to be really troubling as well. Uh, So Soros's high danger save percentage is a sixty five percent, which is forty fourth among goalies with at least five games played. So we filtered out the goalies who have not played a lot of games this year, like one or two yeah. games. We filtered those goalies yeah. out. So we filtered it down to at least five starts or five games played. That basically puts in everybody who is at least a backup in this league, a regular backup, and then the starters. Saros is 44th in high danger save percentage. So here's the deal. That's an even playing field for all goalies. So Mm -hmm. that stat pushes back on all the people, all the apologists who say, well, Soros, that's not his fault. He, he, he faced a bad shot. Okay. Well, high danger save percentage is a big rating there. And you've got other goalies out there, including Thatcher Demko, including Jeremy Swayman, uh, for the Bruins, you got goalies out there who we thought Soros was in that same class, and maybe he'll rally and be in that same class, but right now he's not. You see some of the elite goalies in this league, their high-danger save percentages are up in the 80s, up in the yep. 80s. 
Soros is down at 65%. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to see right there. It is. That hurts to to hear. So I don't even know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I love Soros. I'm not saying he can't rally. But these are the times we find ourselves in right now. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, he does have it in him to rally. And I think, you know, he'll get better. He can't get any worse. Well, he can get worse. But um, I think I think things will get better for him. But they need to start turning it around now because <clears throat> they are getting behind really bad. Yeah. And it's going to be a deep hole to dig out of. All right, we're about to move on here in episode 208. We got to talk about Tommy Novak and the injury and what the ripple effect is on the lineup. That is going to be a big one to overcome. We've already seen one game without him. The Predators only scored two goals. They struggled on the power play again. We're going to unpack that a little bit. We're going to also talk about this upcoming homestand, the upcoming games that are um, against some of the opponents up next. And also, is this really make or break these next games at home for the entire season? We're going to really speculate on that. We're going to look at some NHL scores. We're going to look around the Central Division a little bit. We're going to do explain yourself. I have to explain myself on two tweets that I sent out during the Ducks game, and Rich has got one he's got to explain as well. Yep. Before we get to that, let's tell you about one of our sponsors. That is Raycon Global, wireless earbuds, speakers, and other technology. And it is the holiday season, Rich. We're coming up on Thanksgiving quick. Thanksgiving is next week. And it's that time of year where everything is hectic. You've got travel plans. You're trying to scramble with um, all these things, trying to figure out what you're going to get the second cousin for Christmas. You don't know what that second cousin likes. So um, cousins, nothing. Cousins don't get nothing. Cousins, nothing. Whoa! You just a gift card? Not even that. Oh, okay. You see your cousin? You have to give them a present anyway. All right. Is your tree up yet? My tree's not up, but I'm going to get one. You need to do that. Our tree's up. I get one of those mini Christmas trees. I wait. I've always been after Thanksgiving, you put the Christmas stuff up, but I like to have it up early. Nah, anyway. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. So, either way, anyway, it is chaotic during the holiday season. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars? make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off. That is a good deal, 50% off. I mean, how can you turn that down? Because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. Um, I mean, everything we have talked about with Raycon on this podcast is about the comfortability, the 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 convenience of it, the the affordability of it, all the different functions that Raycon products have compared to the competitors that are way more pricey and 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 just sure. don't have as much to offer as Raycon products have. So Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32 hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, 
They expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power de delivery. That's what Raycon does. They're always ahead of the game. They offer these accessories. Yep. They can make your products even better. They're always ahead of the game. Their faucet filter, ultra filters, the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. I like that, man. Wow, that's cool. So Raycon has products to filter your water. I didn't even know that. That's that mm. that so let's let's just forget about the wireless earbuds for a second. Smart. Raycon is even ahead of the game on water filters. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's a it's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth, you know, is actually clean. Yeah, kind of important. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat Jeez. the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products, buyraycon.com slash THPN. I might have to look into that water filtration system. Right That's here. pretty cool. Because you probably drink salt water down there, right? No, I live off bottled water and filter water, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kidding. Are I the used to drink are the tap police your house? I see a, What's that? Is, are the police outside your house? I see a flashing light in, in the background, like a green and red light. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, they're looking for me, man. They're looking for the me. Police getting ready to bust the door down or something? Yeah. It, hey, that'd be some podcast legendary yeah. moments. Pirate, right pirate podcast. I don't think anybody's after me. I don't know. I just see uh, some lights flashing. Anyway, I don't know, man. Yeah, I see it too in my background. I'm not sure what's going on. All right, we'll move along here. Anyway, we'll move I along. But yeah, I used to drink tap water all the time up until like three or four years ago. And then I realized how bad tap water is for you all around, like literally anywhere in the in the United States. Well, actually, our tap water is actually pretty water. good up here. All it's, right. It, well. it, it's pretty good. Um, but I mean, if there's a Raycon filter that'll make it even better hey that's that's there you awesome go. raycon all right let's move along here in episode 208 of catfish and ice brought to you by raycon we're mm -hmm. also going to tell you about giraffe kings and our current offer but before we get to that let's uh you see it on the bottom screen tommy tommy novak the news came out before the puck dropped against anaheim it kind of came out of left field man i i didn't even see anywhere where he could have gotten hurt but Oof. well that's how hockey works man they keep these injuries yeah. under wraps man they, they sure don't do. they don't really they're not they usually sure very on they don't they're not very transparent about it very often it's it's frustrating for the fan because they don't know what's going on but um it's gonna get caught up with some comments here 
Imagine Lanky starts, Badar clowns on him, Preds going to a five-game losing streak. That's what Justin says. Hey, we can always live in what-ifs, Justin. That's right. Then people (laughs) – he right under that he said, then people would say, should have played Saros. Yes, they will. Yeah. They'll say, should have played Saros. You need to fire Brunette. (laughs) Yeah. Fire Trots. Clean them all. So let's move along here. Uh, So, yeah, Novak out four to six weeks on injured reserve, comes out of nowhere. I mean, I think looking at last night's game against Anaheim, I truly think that the power play suffered without Novak. That's the biggest concern here when you're missing Novak is he is one of their top power play weapons along with O'Reilly and Forsberg. Yep. How do you replace that? That's hard. And they put it, it they hard. plugged in Kiefer they plugged in Kiefer Sherwood on the on the power play unit which I was in agreement with. I was yep. all on board with that, but yes. Kiefer Sherwood is not Tommy Novak. No. No. He, Tommy Novak's third in third on the team in goals and third on the team in points. And I don't see anybody who can plug that hole. Um, it's not mm-hmm. Kiefer Sherwood. As much as I like him, it's not not going to be him. I don't think. Well, I was um, I was completely shocked to see Philip Tomasino healthy scratched for this game. Yeah, that was a little weird because um, he had he had just played a couple games in a row. He even scored a goal in mm-hmm. the late. It was late. It was kind of in garbage time. But he did score a pretty good goal against Winnipeg, I think it was. Um, these games start running together, but I think yeah, it was against yeah. Winnipeg. Um, and he is just in the doghouse. And he can't get his way out of it. But I thought for sure he would be plugged in with Novak's absence. I thought that was an, an opening for Novak to like really prove himself. But they didn't even give him the chance. Yeah. They didn't even yeah. put him in there. They, they went, went with, with a McCarran. lineup that they, they went with the lineup that put McCarron on the fourth line as a center. They, they they're sticking with Liam Foodie. They are. I don't know what I don't know if Liam Foodie <laughs> has dirt on Andrew Burnett. <laughs> I think he does. They are all about the Foodie. Did Andrew Burnett? Does Andrew Burnett have something in his past that Liam Foodie knows about? And Foodie is blackmailing Burnett and saying, "Hey, you have to start me." You have to start me, and you need to get rid of Fagimo. I don't like him. It's another F name. Get rid of him. <laughs> I mean, how far, are we, how far are we from thinking about call, making some call-ups here? Or do you think that's too soon, Rich? I mean, no, I don't think it's too soon. Um, the, I, I don't know. It's it's Everything's just a mess. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick what you need to do. I mean, it's, it's like, like I probably would have went. I probably would have played Tomasino. I would have played Tomasino instead of McCarron. Well, well, the problem with that. So if you would have done that, you, have a, move, yeah. you know, you would have moved Sissons to center because because Sissons right. played wing. Mm-hmm. Sissons played wing. Yeah. in this game. Yeah. So this is how you would have made room for Tomasino. You would have moved Sissons to center. You would have moved yeah. McCarron out. And then you would have put Tomasino on one of the wings because it's become very clear that Tomasino is never going to be an NHL center. 
He is no. a winger. Yep. Even though he was drafted as a center, mm. nobody wants to talk about that either. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, he's definitely not a center. And I loved I loved the tweet that Robbie Stanley put out there saying like apparently I got to re- I got back and find it. Did you see it, Rich? I did. I, did. I actually, yeah. It basically Robbie yeah. Stanley basically said, so I missed the I missed the part where Philip Tomasino is completely immune to ever getting criticism. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And does anyone w- want to ever talk about the fact that Philip Tomasino was drafted originally as a center mm-hmm. and has never worked out as a center? Mm-mm. He was moved to wing by the previous administration. And I'm not saying he didn't produce some good results. He did. And it's gotten to the point now we're at, we're at this point now where and our good buddy, Max Greenberg, who writes for Predlines, put out a really good article about it. You got two options here, trade the guy and let him flap his wings somewhere else or play him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really fair to keep scratching him because he needs to he needs to play. But I don't know. Every time I every time he comes in to play, it looks he looks lost to me at times. And it's and I know you know it's got to be tough. You know you play a game, then you sit two games. You play a game and you only get to play for nine minutes or whatever. And I, I know that's definitely hard, but like. It, it's just he just looks lost sometimes, and it's it's disappointing, and it's kind of sad, really, if you think about it. Well, he can't get comfortable. I mean, he's not yeah, playing exactly. even when he does play. He's not playing in a role that he's used to playing in. Yep, he's not playing in a role that he was drafted to be in by this point. Right. So yeah, when Tommy Novak, when it, I thought for sure Tom Cena was going to be in this game. Yeah, when uh, when the uh, Novak injury was announced, I could not believe it. That is truly damning for Tomasino and his future with this organization. The fact that they did not play him when Tommy Novak was not available yeah. that that's writing on the wall right there. Yeah, and you got to think it's soon. It's it's inevitable at this point that Tomasino is going to be traded. And he is waiver exempt, so you could send him down to Milwaukee. But re- what really does that get you? Not much. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, really, if you're wanting him to gel with people on the NHL roster, he needs to be up here playing. But if you don't ever play I just, him, I just think I think if this organization was fully invested in Tomasino, he'd be playing every game. Yep. And he wouldn't only be playing every game, but he would be in the top six. And and your Kiefer Sherwoods would not be taking a roster spot from him. And sure as or, hell, Michael McCarron would not be in the lineup over or Foodie Thomas here. or Foodie. Yeah, he they don't even go out. And, they don't even go out and get Foodie if or for, or for they believe in Thomasino. Yeah, I agree with that. And Foodie would be the one to not play he would have been the one to healthy scratch for sure to give, to try to give Tomasino some more, some, some playing time for sure. Well, the way the, the way the lineups and uh, 
aligned, you could have played Foodie and Tomasino. You could have taken yeah. McCarron out. You could have put Sissons at the center. And Tomasino has played more right wing. So you, you put Tomasino on the right wing. But then then the problem you have is Tomasino's playing fourth line. He's not. He's getting 10 to 12 minutes, which is what he's gotten the last few games he's played. Is he really going to be able to prove himself in those minutes? And we go back to what Barry Trotz has said. It's all about what do you prove when you're on the ice? Yep. It shouldn't be about how many minutes you got. Fans, fans of certain players love to always go back to that. And yep. I've gotten it in my mentions before when it comes to defending Tomasino. They say, well, what do you expect him to do when he's on the third or fourth line? Okay, well, that happens to every player eventually at some yeah. point, unless you're unless you're Connor Bedard, unless you're like some amazing talent that comes out of um, comes out of uh, the draft. Mm-hmm. Most likely, you're going to have to prove yourself in the bottom six. That's where normal, yep. ordinary NHL players set themselves apart, and they eventually work their their way their way up. And I love the quote they. Those great players force the coaches to play them in the top six. Yeah. They force them with their play. Yeah, Tomasino exactly. hasn't done that. No, yeah, and and if you if you only get ten minutes a game, you make that the best ten minutes every game. Do everything you can, even if you don't get a goal. Do all the little things that they they want you to do, and just they'll they'll notice that. They'll notice that they if you will. do everything the right way. Well, let's hope they if would. You don't, if you don't try to be fancy and you know whatever to try to score a goal, you don't have to score a goal every time. I know you want to, but like just make the most of your minutes. Yeah. So going back to being with Novak being out right now, that's ugly. <laughs> I think going into the next game, we'll we'll circle back to it. Oh yeah. It didn't work this past game. I mean, the Predators scored two goals. They John Gibson was really, really good. He did stop a lot of good. I I think the Predators had 3.6 goals expected. So John Gibson was very, very good. The Predators probably were could have scored three to four goals if not for Gibson being as good as he was. But either way, I'm curious to see if Brunette's going to tinker with this lineup even more and Maybe move Sissons back to center. Try to give Tomasino a chance here. I don't know. Very, it's it's kind of a mess right now. Well, here's a here's a good example. So Parsonen got healthy scratched, and you saw him in the last game when he was playing. He was awesome. He was incredible. Did he score a goal? He did not nope. score a goal. Did he handle the puck like a monster? He yes. did. And that is that is what you have to do. That is what you have to I do. I love that example you just made, Rich. That is yeah. awesome. And that is a great comparison you just made there. Yeah. Because I didn't even think about that. But let's me. talk about that for a second. Parsonant, yes, he didn't get on the score sheet. He didn't score a goal. But nope. if you watch that game, he drew two penalties. His skating mm-hmm. was relentless. Yeah. To the point where he was literally ticking off the Ducks players. They oh, were yeah. so mad. I yep. think it was Alex Killorn. Alex Kilgorn, Killorn took yep. that one penalty on him because the dude could not get the puck away from Parson. Nope. And, and he wound up holding him. Yep, there was a hold. And at that, at that point, you have to deliver <laughs> on the power play. but And that was didn't happen. But did kudos to Parson for mm-hmm. making the most out of the opportunities he was getting. 
he was on the top line for at first. Yeah, yeah. And some people would call that a demotion because now he's been in the bottom. He's been all over the place. Parsons been everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I think he said, I think he said uh, they were interviewing him, and he said he's like disappointed in himself for for not producing as as well as he is he expects himself to produce. So I think he, you know, went out there and had something to prove, and he did, in my opinion. So Justin says, bring Kimmel up next year with Celebrini. Jimmy Kimmel. So let's talk about that for a second. Like, I just kind of touched on it real quick. Um, With Novak being out, do you think there's this opportunity to call up somebody right now for the Fords? Do we think Joachim Kimmel could get called up soon? You know, we got this guy named uh, Dennis Garyanov, who I was big on. (laughs) <laughs> and I was true. wrong. I was completely wrong. I thought for sure he was him. a shoe-in. I thought he was a shoe-in to make the, the initial lineup coming out of training camp. Me and I was completely too. wrong on that. Yep. Um, and he is he's the leading point scorer for the Admirals right now, last time I checked. So maybe he'd be the one. He could be. Maybe. If you're mo- if you're if you're really not on board with Tomasino, then you might as well let someone else have a chance. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. So yeah. I don't know. Is it? Is you, it you got Nasiev down there. You got Afanasiev down there as well. You've got Kimmel. I think it's still early to put Kimmel in there. I really, I know it would be fun and it would be exciting, but I'm, I want to be more patient about putting Yoki yeah. Kimmel in there. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. There's no reason to rush him in right now. Yeah. I could see Joachim Kimmel getting into the lineup later in the season if the Predators are still way out of it. They're yeah. still last place, and this yeah. really spirals out of control. Then absolutely you put Joachim Kimmel in there and you see what you got and you see what he does Yeah, for next year because you really want to see what Joachim Kimmel can produce for you next year and beyond. For sure. But I think it's too soon right now, 15 ga- games in, yeah. as exciting as it would be to call up uh, Kimmel. Bring, bring up whoever's – playing the best in Milwaukee. I think you can call up Gary on off right now. Yeah, there you go. Let's do that. Let's go with that. See how that goes. I mean, could you imagine if they send down Tomasino to Milwaukee and they call up Gary on off? <laughs> Twitter and Facebook. I think people are starting to come around on it though. Finally. It, it seems like it because I know like you, I had a little spat with some folks a while back about Tomasino. And uh, I think now like people, they could, they do kind of realize like something's not quite gelling with, with him. So. All right. We're about to unpack the upcoming homestand here. And how much of a make or break this is for the year, Rich, if you want to pull up. The yep. upcoming opponents here. We'll we'll break that down here. I think it's seven of the next eight games are at home still, and you got you got one road game against the St. Louis Blues, and then you got another five in a row. So we're gonna break down some of those opponents. Do we think it's a make or break part of the year? And talk about if the Predators come out of this unsuccessful. Let's say they lose a majority of these next upcoming games. Does that pretty much mean this season's a waste or a wash or whatever? We'll we'll talk about it. 
Yeah. All right. Before we get to that, we're also going to do explain yourself. We still have explain yourself segment to do as well. Before that, let's tell you about DraftKings and our current offer. We have a current hockey offer for you, folks. Finally. Um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. So right now we've got some current odds for Thursday hockey. So we're recording on a Wednesday evening. So we're gonna I'm gonna share you three current matchups on DraftKings for Thursday night hockey. So if you're listening to this podcast the next day on a Thursday morning, here's our three matchups on DraftKings. And you can use our, our promo code THPN. We got the Detroit Red Wings at the Ottawa Senators. That's a tough matchup there, Eastern Conference. Yeah, right now, DraftKings has the Detroit Red Wings as the favorites. So you can bet on them. We got the Golden Knights at the Montreal Canadiens. No shock here, but the Golden Knights are favorites there. <laughs> and you've got the Devils at the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Ooh. the Devils are the favorites currently. Are they? So, with that Ooh. said, let's tell you about our current offer. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. That's new. There you go. So That's new, NHL. That copyright. is new. All rights reserved. All right, how about we jump into Explain Yourself, Rich, before we right. look at the homestand. Okay. You go first. We got uh, one on, on we got one queued up here. All right, we're gonna put it on the screen here. I gotta explain myself on this one. Probably so. Here's my tweet. They call them tweets still, don't they, Rich? <laughs> what would you call them? X's. <laughs> X's. Yeah, I guess here's my X. It's still horrible. when you refresh the screen, it still tweets like a bird. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't we'll, know, we'll, we're gonna call it a tweet. So I put this out before the Ducks game yesterday. So let's keep this in context here, everybody. I said, probably going to be an unpopular opinion among Preds fans, but I'd start Kevin Lincoln in tonight versus the Ducks. See if he can give you a gem. He has only two starts this year, one be being a really good one against Edmonton. 
Now, obviously, the Predators chose to go with Soros. I'm not saying Lankanen would have necessarily won that game for them. But, gosh, we've already kind of talked about it, Rich. But did, i got to explain myself. My whole thought process was start Lankanen, see if he can put out one of those vintage, prototypical goalie gems. He's probably chomping at the bit to get a start right now. Agreed. Maybe he goes out there and wins you that game. Maybe he goes out and makes a couple critical saves like John Gibson did on the other side of the ice for the Ducks, and who knows? Maybe the Predators win that game thanks to some really clutch saves from Lankanen. And then, to explain myself further on that tweet, if that were to happen, I would have been okay with Lankanen starting the next game against the Blackhawks. Now, obviously that didn't happen, but that's how I'm explaining myself on that one. But maybe it'll happen now. Well, oof. I mean, you're going to call it now. now. You're going to call it now. Lankanen starts against the Blackhawks. The worse Soros plays, though, the worse it gets. That's true. Because then it looks more and more like you're benching him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas I think if you catch this sooner and you kind of like almost protect Soros a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You protect him a little bit and bench him at the right time. You're not benching him long term, but you're at least giving him a break and letting and seeing what you got in Lincoln. It doesn't look as bad. The longer this stretches on, where Soros piles up bad start after bad start, that's true. Well, then you throw in then you throw in Lincoln in. Well, then it just looks like you're benching Soros. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's a tangled web they weave, for sure. So the Predators have three days off here. And they play Chicago on Saturday. Yeah. I I don't know. I almost... I think they're going to start Soros again. I really do. Yeah. I mean, uh, history would say yes. History would suggest that they're going to start Sol- Soros again. Yeah, I agree. But it's three days off. It's a day game. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. They could start linking in. If they do start linking in, that would give Soros almost a week off before they play Colorado Ooh, on Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was pulling up to see. That might be too long of a break if they're going to make – if they let Lincoln in play against Chicago and then put Soros in for Colorado. Boy, that's tough. That's a tough decision. Hmm. It's a tough decision. All right. Hmm. All right. So that's one of my explain yourselves. All right, Rich. How about you tell us about one you got, man? Let me pull up the next one here. While you're doing that, while you're doing that, I am gonna share some of the responses I got on that post. I got I got a lot of really, really amazing responses from that post regarding uh, wanting to start linking in. I got to go back a little bit here, but um, love. I, I always love when I hear from fan uh, from fans of the predators, even if they disagree with my takes <laughs> love hearing the, the, uh, the responses. Cause it lets me know that the fans are passionate and the fans still care, which is what you love to see. Um, let me get back here. So 
So let me share that. Uh, JW uh, Hood on Twitter X says uh, on that post about starting Lankanen over Soros for the Ducks game, he says, yeah, Soros can be great, but he's got to fix these awful slow starts. Puts the Preds behind the eight ball early on and got to fi- fight their way back. Uh, Nikki, our good friend Nikki, who's always participating in our live streams, says, completely agree, especially if Juice gets injured from too much play. He's got to be feeling it. Um, Landry, our good friend Landry, just put out the (laughs) classic Ben Stiller uh, gif that says, do it. (laughs) Brian, the gamer on X, says, I was actually about to post the same thought. LOL, Saros needs a rest. So actually, I got a lot of agreement here, almost across the board. Well, it's 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 a sound tweet. I mean, it makes sense. Absolutely. Um, we did get a little bit of disagreement here. Um, Evil Future Considerations on X says, it doesn't matter, this is a 75-point team. Ooh. Mm. That's a great name, by the way. Evil Future Considerations. Uh, Raymond on X says Preds goalies equal brick walls or can't stop a beach ball. They do have a expletive defense that <laughs> leaves them hanging though. So yeah, a lot of we responses know. there on that, on that yeah. explain yourself tweet. So let's get to Rich's, uh, we know what Rich, that it's time to ex- <laughs> Rich, it's time to explain yourself. All right. This piggybacks off of your, your, um, so, so Robbie Stanley put something we talked about earlier about criticizing Tomasino. So then you said been roasted for the past two months. Anytime I say anything remotely critical. And then I, to try to bait people put, unfortunately, every time I watch Tomasino, I'm usually disappointed because I am usually disappointed with the way he plays. Unfortunately, it's not something I like to watch or see. At least for this season. At least for this season, season for sure. But sometimes it's fun to put things out there just to bait people to see if they'll take the bait, but nobody did. But um, Nobody did. Yeah. Now, if it would have been maybe preseason, might have gotten some some, some pushback from have. some folks. So. I think you would have. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, know, I mean, there's still, yeah. there's still time left for Tomasino to turn it around. That's why I would be playing him right now. That's why I say that you really have two options here. It's trade mm-hmm. the guy. And let him go elsewhere to prove himself, or and get a draft pick out of it at least. Yep. Or he, he has too much talent to just be sitting there as a healthy scratch. Yeah, we absolutely. can all agree on that. We can all, all right. agree on that for sure. Absolutely. So either play the either play the guy or trade him. I think we're all on the same page there. Every fan in this fan base is pretty much on on the same page there. Yep. All right. Here is your last. We got one more. Explain yourself. We got one more. Explain yourself to this get is, to this here. Is you. We've, we've already talked about this as well, but here it is. Oh, you went to. I think you went to. There it is. All right. So here's my here's my explain yourself here. This was also before the Ducks game. My my uh my tweet was more on Tommy Novak Novak and how the Preds are going to have to replace him, the top power play unit with Novak out. I'm moving Kiefer Sherwood onto top unit. He's proven he can score big time goals in clutch situations. So yes, I I am going to explain myself. So even (laughs) though Sherwood did not score in that game, I'm still 
he's your best option right now. I agree. And With and that. he he's not necessarily a prototypical top power play unit player, but you got to work with what you got right now. Yep. And who else are they going to really use in that spot with Novak gone? I mean, they don't really have anybody unless they call somebody up. They're pretty thin there. And we didn't really realize that until Novak went out. Uh Yeah. I think Sherwood's your best option. Uh, Sherwood only managed one shot on goal in the game against the Ducks, so that's a little bit underwhelming. He actually yep. only had eight minutes of ice time against the Ducks. Oh, wow. That's way down there. Like that. that is – That's crazy. Very low for him. Cody Glass slotted in on the power play as well. That was his second game back. He got almost 17 minutes of ice time and two shots on goal. Um, But – yeah, the power play without Novak is really, really going to be tested. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> Four, to Four to six, six weeks, weeks is what we're looking at here, man. That's yeah, that's and that was brutal. what you were hoping that the bread and butter of this team was going to be the power play, mm-hmm. and now you lose one of your top power play weapons. Well, not only that, it's like Tommy Novak has played really well this season, and like. He's amazing, um, a bright spot, you know, on the on the roster, and just to not have that. And uh, you can't expect your power even if play you do, and your normal play. And he, and even if the Predators do call up somebody new to maybe plug in there, mm-hmm. you can't expect that person they call up to just immediately go into the power play and and produce instant results. No, especially if you get. Someone who probably wasn't going to be up in the top six anyway. So this is going to be a long-term mm-hmm. issue. And so my answer to this is let's hope that Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg, maybe Cody Glass can step up and start producing in this in this role. Maybe Kiefer Sherwood can, obviously. But Maybe this power play is going to have a hard time, and if this team's going to start winning games, I see two areas that immediately have to get better and drastically better. It's mm-hmm. goaltending, and it's the penalty kill slash power play. Just overall defensive structure. Yep, I agree. Those are those are kind of go hand in hand right now. Yeah, and they need to figure it out like yesterday. <laughs> Figure it out. All right. Figure it out, boys. This is the Stuck in the Mud episode for the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 28. Andrew Burnett said it best. This team's in the mud. And in the crapper. He also (laughs) said self-inflicted mud is what he told the Predators official website. Self-inflicted mud. He's not wrong. So we're kicking mud on each other, on ourselves. We're kicking mud on each other. It's not even someone else is doing it. They can't get out of their own way, for sure. So, let's let's wrap up this episode real quick. This has been episode 28 of Catfish and Ice with your hosts, Chad Minton and Rich Howe. Listen on Spotify. Listen on all the podcast platforms. Download the episodes. Follow us along on all the social media platforms. And interact with us on social media. We love that. We love that so much when you interact with us. We got a new uh, YouTube. Yeah. Carlos. 
says go Preds. Do you do you I know where that picture from? You I know love that positive. I love that. You know what? This entire episode has been so negative. It's been so doom and gloom. <laughs> There's been nothing really positive we said in this whole podcast. I love that. Thank you, you, Carlos. Do you know what his picture's from? You recognize that? That might be. That's probably before your time. That's a like me. album cover from a Scorpions album. You know that band, the Scorpions. Oh, I know that's Scorpions. One their, that's one Rock of you like a hurricane. Yeah, that's one of their album covers. I don't know which album. Nice. Yeah. Well, Carlos, Carlos, thank you. That is so simple and yet so effective. Go Preds. Thank you, yeah. Carlos. Hop in the podcast anytime, man. Thank you for jumping in there on YouTube. Positivity. All right, so let's really quick look ahead to this homestand. I had the schedule just popped up. So Chicago's up next. Chicago is kind of – they're right there with the Predators in terms of the bottom of the standings right now in the Central Division. The Predators are technically last place in the Central Division. You got to win this game, right, Rich? You got to win it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Connor Bedard aside. Let's put Connor Bedard aside here for a second. You've had two very disappointing and frustrating games at home. It was supposed to be you had a horrible um, stretch on the road. You come home to Bridgestone. You take care of business, but that has not happened. So I think this is definitely a must win. Just for morale. Well, morale sake. And the, well, the morale can get, cannot get any lower right now. Yeah. But a but good win. I will Ooh. say, toot my own horn for a little bit here. My Arizona Coyotes wild card pick is looking spicy. It is. That yeah. was my preseason pick. I'm going to toot my own horn on that one. You should. And that's, They're and that's fun to watch. And that's They're not fun else. to watch. They're not fun to watch when they're going up against the Predators, but that no. is a fun team. Yeah, and and that's something else that you know we haven't really talked about. Both Arizona and and the Duck Anaheim have chips on their shoulders. They played horrible last season. You know they were the butt end of of but they're, all the jokes the whole season. And they're up and coming teams. And they are definitely both up and coming teams. They are they're they're playing really well. The the uh, Ducks set an NHL record six games in a row coming back from uh yeah zero that. goal deficit or or in the third yeah. period or something but yeah that they're the first team in history to do that six times in a row so I mean that's telling you something they're they're definitely up and coming a couple more comments here real quick as we wrap up episode 28 Nikki says Liam foodie was not worth taking James Neal's number in my opinion <laughs> the real Poor deal. Foodie. We gotta come. Up, we, have we not come up with a better nickname for Foodie? I mean, it writes I wonder itself. What his, wonder what his nickname is. What do you think it is? We food. <laughs> food. Breakfast, Just food. food. Chow down. Oh, Chow down. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Chow down. Put it down there right now. Liam Foodie. His new nickname is Chow down. I don't Liam. know if the if the boys, Chris Mason and all the Bally Sports South crew watches this podcast, but if you're watching, just make sure you tag me. But that's Liam Foodie's new nickname. It's Chowdown. Chowdown. There you go. 
Copywritten. Uh, Perdemption says on YouTube, don't even think about calling up Kimmel. Let that kid be in Milwaukee and let him cook. I could not agree more. I think that's a good a good plan. All right, so after Chicago, after Chicago, the Predators get Colorado at home. I'm still not sure what to think about Colorado. What's the Ryan Johansson homecoming? Oh gosh, they're going to be so. Look at these next. Look at the storylines for the next two home games. You get Connor Bedard rolling in. You, how many Blackhawks fans are going to be there in Bridgestone? And then you get, and then you get Ryan Johansson in his homecoming. Those are who. Two yeah. really big storylines there for these next two home games. Then the Predators get Calgary at home. They go on a brief road stint to St. Louis. St. Louis is playing much better than preseason expectations right now. Yeah. St. Louis just went out and walloped Tampa 5-0. I saw that. Oh, my gosh. Night. I couldn't figure out what happened Rich, there. try not to have a twinkle in your eye when you say that. I'm kind of I'm kind of laying off of Tampa, so all right. I'm laying off Fair of Tampa. Uh, they got rid of some guys I didn't like, so. And then the Predators come back home for five more games at home. How'd they pull Winnipeg? That Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Minnesota's in a bad way as well. Yeah, but that'll still be a tough game. And the Rangers. Minnesota always plays them tough. So Man, you look at the next, thing. you look at those games there. Um, ooh, I think the way the Predators are playing right now, you hope to just come out above 500. And here's another thing real quick before we wrap this up. The Predators, they have no overtime losses. So they're not even getting points when no. they lose these games. That's mm-hmm. what really hurts. It's one hurt. thing if you, if you, it's one thing if you surrender a two goal lead and, and the team pushes you to overtime, you have a hard-fought loss, but at least you scrounge for a point. Mm-hmm. The Predators are coming out of these games with goose eggs in the standings. It's yep. killing them. Yep. Even – I was just looking at the schedule. Even if they were playing better than they are, these next games, they're not easy. They're not going to be easy games. All these teams play the Predators tough. So When's San Jose next on the schedule? <laughs> I don't know if they could even beat San Jose right now. <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to end the episode there. Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> the could. episode's over. This has been episode 208 of Catfish and Ice. We appreciate you joining us. Better times ahead. Yep. We show up for the bad episodes. We show up for the positive episodes. We're here for you. The head coach said it best. This team's in the mud, but we're here for you. We're going to get out of it eventually. Eventually. Until then, have a great rest of your week. We'll try to get another episode up before Thanksgiving. Until then, we'll see you then. Enjoy time with your families during this holiday season. Stay warm. Take care, everybody. This has been Catfish on Ice, episode 208. Have a good one.